From the Ballers Discord channel, this is the Baller Locker Room, where we talk all things baller. My name is Alex, and today, our special guest is the MVP, Justin Brown. He sits and discuss his love for basketball and NBA at a young age while growing up in the middle of Siberia. He answers some community questions, and lastly, he drops some big alpha news. So please enjoy episode 9. The Baller Locker Room Podcast is not affiliated with NFT Genius or Ballers NFT. All discussion here is not financial advice and a solicitation to purchase any past, present, and future Baller NFTs. All right, welcome to the ninth episode of the Baller Locker Room, where we talk all things Baller. Today, we have the man, the myth, the legend, Justin Brown on our show in his first exclusive Baller Tell-All. Good evening, and welcome to our show, Justin. Good evening. Happy to be here. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. Sorry awesome. for postponing, postponing the talk for a couple of times. Happy that I'm not blacklisted and <laughs> we finally have a time to talk. Definitely not. Definitely not. I know you're a busy man. You're making deals across Twitter, across Discord. So glad to have finally have you on and talk all things baller. Joining me as co-host is MPay33. How's it going? Bing bong. What's up, ballers? Um, I mean, listen, this is the MVP right here. We got the MVP on the line. We are ready to talk ballers. We are ready to figure out what we are going to do as a group to increase our uh, ballers' uh, exposure. Justin, let's chop it up, brother. <laughs> Thanks, Empe. Thanks a lot. Empe, it's been a whole week since our sneaker, sneaker crafting TED Talk, and the price floor went from 10 to 14. How does it feel to be a market mover? I mean, I'm just sitting here um, waiting to craft. I think other people are with me now. Um, crafting is is a thing. I know it is. They know it is. And I love that Ballers Locker Room is is moving the markets, baby. Sneakers is going to be really important. Excited. Perfect, perfect. We're going to move into lightning round question, Justin. So uh, you're ready. First question, where did you grow up? Um, what made you pick? Baller ID eight one four eight as your PFP. <laughs> okay, I'll start start with a short short story about myself. I, I was born and I grew up in the middle of Siberia. Um, I'm a basketball fan since the very early childhood, and uh, my father introduced me to the game of basketball. It was in the mid nineties when uh, I was sleeping, and my dad woke me up at in the middle of the night. And like screaming, son, son, let's go. There is a basketball game. There is a finals. And we, we, we ran to the kitchen. And on the TV set, we saw an image of, the, of an NBA game with a title final on the bottom of the screen. And my father, who didn't speak English, he told me that it's, this is the final game. And we were watching um, uh, this title for a couple of minutes. And then it appeared that the word final meant that the game was over and it wasn't actually the, the, the finals game. But it was a kind of the first time I saw uh, a game of uh, basketball. And then I started to look for those games on the national television. They, this were broadcasted like once uh, every week. I was watching all, all, all those games. And uh, what, what I was especially interested in too are, were, were uh, the stats. I'm a kind of fan of numbers, even though in real life I'm a lawyer, but numbers are more close to me than the letters, let's put it this way. And I was trying to uh, get information on which team is winning, which team is losing. Uh, I didn't have access to the internet back, back in those days. So the only option for me to get those scores was to watch the local news, the local sports news on the television. And as you might imagine, they uh, dedicated not very much time to the NBA. And they basically shown all the results of like 14, 12, 10 games for 15 seconds. And that was it. 
So I, uh, what I did at that time, I put, I turned in a VHS cassette and I recorded all those sports news and then I paused and then I took my notebook. I put all the scores. I were calculating who are the first, who is the last and all the people in my neighborhood knew that uh, I'm the man who has <laughs> all those numbers. So this was basically my kind of introduction to the game of basketball. I was playing myself and um, kind of semi-pro uh, on a point guard position for my school, for my university. With my school, we won a couple of uh, championships, the local championships, and with my university, we also did well, but uh, I didn't go pro, even though some of my friends are playing for the national team uh, these, these days. So that's basically what brought me to bowlers, right? Uh, at the uh, basketball related NFT project. And it was a love from uh, the first site, uh, not, not only because of uh, this kind of relation, but also because of the NBA Top Shot relation. Uh, because NBA Top Shot was the entry point for uh, many of us, I guess, right? And for uh, myself uh, as well. Just guys, in interrupt me if you feel that I'm talking too much. No, I, you know, what pops up for me uh, from a question standpoint is your fanhood, JB. You got to tell me about who do, you, who do you like? Who did you watch back in the day? Who was broadcasted um, consistently? Did you take to a specific NBA team? Oh, I had, uh, I had an opportunity to watch uh, the last years of MJ's career. I watched uh, Kobe's first All-Star game when he were playing against Mike. I watched LeBron's first season, uh, Vince Carter, tremendous plays. Uh, I remember Reggie Miller shooting threes all the way. And uh, to be honest, one of my favorite, favorite players back then was uh, Jason Williams, the white chocolate. And I was trying to be kind of similar to him on court because I was playing the point guard position and all his crazy passes I were training to make, make those passes, he's uh, like an elbow pass. Uh, and actually once, once I, uh, I tried it in a game and uh, it, 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 it actually went, went as an assist. I was quite, <laughs> quite surprised about it. If you know what, which kind of pass I mean. Yeah, so. Yeah, no, I know exactly what it is. The behind the back elbow pass, um, he is very famous. Yeah, the, on the only thing is I was trying to make this pass to my center but uh, the pass was bad, and the ball goes straight to the hands of the shooting guard who was on the three-point line. He <laughs> shoots, and the ball went in. And I was like, yeah, that's what I meant. <laughs> that's so cool. Uh, love to hear that. So it seems like you're uh, more of a player guy. You don't, you're not, you don't have an affinity towards a team particularly. More so, um, you know, like the MJs, the Kobe's, the LeBron's. Um, and then you kind of just took to the overall NBA. Is that correct? It, it kind of is. Uh, I'm I'm watching different 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 teams playing, and I kind of switched uh, my favorite teams from year to year because I'm not based in the like uh, when you're based in a town in in the U.S. or or Canada, you might have your favorite team based on your location. And I have a privilege not to have the one favorite team, so I watched I watched them all. Gotcha. So that's actually fairly similar to me in the NFL. So I'd say the NFL is my favorite sport in general. Um, NBA is, is certainly up there along with the MLB, but NFL and, and I'm from Connecticut. And so we have no sports teams uh, except for the WNBA, right? Um, and I play a ton of fantasy football. So I love, you know, rooting for players. I was Peyton Manning fan, huge Patrick Mahomes fan, um, pretty much anybody against Tom Brady, uh, that's, you know, vying to beat him. But uh, I'm certainly with you there. I'm actually impressed in your background as well. Uh, so you said you're a, a stats guy. Tell me about your stats in high school and college. Were you a majority assist guy since you're a, a point guard? Were you scoring point guard? Um, were you doing triple doubles? Uh, tell us about that. Tell the people. Oh, you know, my, my, my stats were similar to the stats of uh, one of my bowlers. If you remember the nose breaking from the UBL season one, the guy who scored like uh, six points per game with 10 assists and 10 rebounds. These were my, my, my stats because uh, I'm, I'm not, not, not really tall, like uh, 5'10", 5'11", 
but uh, on one at one point on, on in my career I uh, even dunked the ball so I always had a quite a high jump and I grabbed all those rebounds and uh, assisted a lot not 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 really willing to uh, score much because my my shoot was uh, like not 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 perfect especially from the three-point line all right so that's why you go after those 99 jump shoes because you're a, a, a very good jumper at 510 dunking the ball that makes sense <laughs> yes so talking about ballers actually um uh Tell the people, are you a trait, skills, combo guy? You know, give us an understanding of ballers. What do you actually target? You know, I'm a, I'm a little bit of everything. Uh, and I think uh, at this point when we do not know much about the upcoming uh, game and the upcoming utility, uh, I guess the best way is to kind of di diversify. So I'm trying to get a little bit of uh, nice traits, including my uh, pink, uh, pink skin ballers. Uh, I'm trying to get uh, those skilled players, and I'm also when looking at skills, I'm trying to grab grab different ballers with different combination. Let's say a combination of defense and playmaking, which makes a good point guard. A combination of like a dunk and uh, defense as well to make a good center. Uh, I'm not really looking for a combination of let's say dunk and playmaking. This might be a Derrick Rose style players, but uh, I'm not sure how they. How they work in uh, how they will work in uh, the actual game when we, when we have it. But, so I'm I'm kind of trying to diversify, uh, and I'm lucky to have uh, an opportunity to have multiple bowlers. And uh, if I would have just uh, one or two, I'd probably go with uh, skills, not with traits. So a very smart guy, and I think it's. Um a method and mode for the people to take notice of because, you know, you've been exposed in balls for quite some time. Um, your mindset is important. I think this is honestly for people that are in, uh, you know, either just getting into ballers or looking for a strategy to understand ballers uh, and how to purchase and how to build up their collection. I think um, that is a little bit of alpha there. So I appreciate your uh, thought process. Thanks a lot. Just will make a small remark that uh, I, in fact, do not know anything what's going on behind the scenes. So I'm just just guessing, as well as uh, you guys. And uh, I don't want to make anyone run and sell their trades to buy skills just because I <laughs> just said it. I'm not even sure that it's the right approach. Spoken like a true lawyer, uh, but moving to a second uh, lightning round question. Everyone knows you love the pink aliens, and that's probably going to be your uh, top pick for body if you do get a custom baller. How did that come about? What made you look at pink aliens and say, I want a whole squad of pink aliens? Uh, well, you know, Pinky Grills, uh, the baller 8148 started it all. Um, and I've been into Bowler's Discord. Um, I joined Bowler's Discord a couple of days before uh, the uh, before they start to mint Bowler's. And um, right after these were revealed, I started to search uh, and look for different uh, Bowler's to try to find the perfect one for myself because those that I minted were uh, not those I was looking for to have as my PFP. And I was willing to have one of the bowlers to become my like forever PFP, like they say, right? And uh, what happens is that at that time, I was uh, one of the moderators in the local uh, NBA Top Shot community. And one of the guys in this community changed his PFP to uh, Pinky Grills. I saw it, I DM'd uh, this guy asking whether he's willing to sell. He said no, but after about 40 days of me DMing him, he said just, okay, just take this baller and just stop, stop chasing me with those uh, messages. Uh, at that time, this was the highest uh, baller's sale, I guess. It was uh, slightly more than uh, 3,000. Maybe there were some bigger sales, but uh, this was quite big because we do not have uh, we, we didn't have a marketplace yet, and uh, so this was a kind of a off market transaction as like like many of the transaction I uh, I made before uh, the guy was launched, and uh, that's basically how I got uh, Pinky, and then I started to 
look at uh, various skin colors. I was trying to uh, build a squad of uh, like different rare, rare traits, but it happens that uh, all the good deals uh, which uh, came my way involved uh, pink skinned bowlers. And that's how I got four of them. And I'm now a proud holder of four out of just 52 uh pink elements incredible i mean that is a journey to think about um yeah i mean it's it's a lot of the conversations that i have too are you know just kind of tracking and being persistent and um understanding like kind of what you like so uh the old adage definitely comes into play collect what you like and <clears throat> that's kind of what you did right you have it you saw what you liked you, you you tried to be persistent towards it and that was that um but do, alex we have community questions is that right yes this is the last lightning round question and it comes from the community what color is your favorite adidas tracksuit hmm. hard to tell because i mainly wear nike <laughs> no, that was just more of a joke. But uh, the actual question was, how many hours do you spend thinking about ballers? Because, you know, my first interaction was with you looking at the baller sales, 995. You were one of the first ones to kind of recognize, hey, look at this uh, armband and headband. It's mismatching. I think it's going to be worth something. And you bought it. And, you know, I didn't even look that detail in depth into this baller, but you picked it out. And I just want to know <laughs> outside of work, how many hours are you spent spent thinking about ballers or interacting with ballers? I, I didn't calculate, but I think I'm spend, spending quite, quite a lot of hours on that because it's one of my, uh, let's say favorite things to do during, during this last, last six months. Uh, as I mentioned in, in, in the bowler, in the bowlers project, everything that I like and that I love comes kind of comes together. Uh, the attachment to the basketball, the, uh, attachment to the stats and uh, to those numbers. I mean, those skills, skill sets. And, uh, uh I kind of, I kind of, when I, when I kind of notice anything, I'm trying to get deeper into details. Like with this 995 bowler, I saw that something is wrong with his hand. Like uh, this armband was not matching his, uh, the color of his jersey. So I just uh, put aside all, all, all what I was doing at that time. And I just started to look at all, all those bowlers trying to find how many of them are actually having the armband not matching. And I, I noted that there are only bowlers from two teams and there are only bowlers from the flowers, packs, meaning those with IDs one to one south. So th that's basically how it, how it happened with this one. And uh, we also, uh, I think it wasn't me, but we also uh, noticed the Tongout bowlers, not from the first sight because uh, Tongouts, and I think we'll, we'll, we'll come to this later, Tongouts are quite a diamond of the bowlers collection, if you ask. I mean, you, you just perked my ears up because uh, I, I do want to talk about tongue out uh, tongue out is you know as you and i both know jb we um you know we're a part of a very exclusive community um that is community driven but but also you know it is pretty exclusive and so uh you know six people in the group as of right now out of eight possible um and there's there's news coming out about the additional three, so there's only going to be eleven in general. Um, we have you have an, you know any additional things to talk about when uh, you came to that realization of the tongue out and why you made the trade and how the trade happened. I think that people would love to hear that. Um, I certainly. Oh my 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 tongue out trade was uh, an actual steal, uh, probably the best deals I've uh, done so far, and I've done many good deals. And uh, how it happened? Uh, I basically was buying before the Gaia uh, was launched. I basically was buying uh, every single baller uh, below one thousand dollars, right? So uh, when I found when I found people willing to sell below one thousand, 
I told them I'm willing to pay. They send bowlers my way and I send them uh, the amount. And uh, at, at some point when I made like eight or nine deals like this, um, I, I wasn't even looking at my 10th deal and the guy just uh, sent the bowlers my way. And when I opened it, there was something wrong with the bowler. He had this, he had this tongue out. And, and, and I started to look at, uh, I, I checked what, 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 what this trade is about. I figured, I figured out that uh, this trade wasn't even on uh, blockchain, but it's, it's not an additional dot, right? It's uh, quite, quite a visual, visual, visual part of the bowler, this, this tongue. And I told the guy, look, you, you just sent me the super rare bowler and on, there are only 11 of those exist. And the guy said, look, I, I don't really care because this is, not, this is not an official trade. So take it and uh, send me my money. And I was like, okay. And I was happy about this trade. And this is how, how, how it happened. And then, as you know, those other Tongao, they were sold for like 10,000 and 10,000 plus. And uh, no Tongao is in the market at the moment. And I'm not sure whether uh, any Tongaos will be on the market soon because at least I know that those six you mentioned in our group, uh, they're not willing to sell. I know I'm certainly not. And um, yeah, the, the other five, including yourself, are, are certainly not. Um, as, as long as uh, we are together and Ballers exists, um, Tongue Out will be in that group. And to be honest, I'm, I'm a little bit sort of upset about that. I'd love to, to stack Tongue Out Ballers, but I also want to... Um, bringing the right people into this exclusive community. Um, so listen, if you know you really want to be a part of the community and uh, you, you end up finding the other two some way, somehow, you, you track them down digitally, um, talk to us and, and we'll be a huge proponent of you know, procuring that for you or, or helping to procure that. Um, certainly JB and I will, uh, will do everything in our power uh, to bring you into the group. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I should say that owning more than one Tongout Bowlers uh, is, uh, uh, is, is prohibited. Uh, I, just, I, I don't think that anyone uh, is allowed to own more than one, as we only have 11 existing. All right. And an unofficial rule of the Tongout Bowlers. Again, can't own yep. multiple. I like that. Okay. That's All fair. right. Oh, oh. I just banged the gavel, so it's decided. <laughs> Um, but switching a little gear, uh, between the three of us, we own about 95 to, you know, 100 ballers in total. But what would be your favorite baller in your collection? Mm, it's tough, tough question. And, uh, but, but I would say that uh, during the last, probably the last month, my favorite baller is uh, Michelle Jordan, 5457. Uh, is her idea if I recalled correctly. Um, I mean, she's a perfectly skilled bowler, one of top 200, and she was fighting like a beast uh, in the UBL finals against uh, Seattle Scream and Dingling. And uh, she was fouled out uh, four times out of seven games, but she scored pretty well in some of those games. And I'd say that she's, she's kind of my my favorite bowler. The other bowlers include maybe nose breaking, uh, one six seven three. Um, I know the scorekeeper. I like the scorekeeper. Super low uh, rated bowler. The only bowler exists with all four skills below sixty nine, and uh, she's the bowler I'm proud to have. And I also like uh, my original bowler, the one, the only one left from what I minted, uh, 2914. Uh, I named him uh, Justin Brown, just to have uh, him as the, as the person who really holds this name, because for me, Justin Brown is uh, not a real name, as you, as you mentioned. Perfect, perfect. Yeah, uh, I mean, you, you have about 43 ballers, one of the top three holders, and you it's very hard to pick out of a uh, out of forty three. Uh, even switching a little bit more to just uh, kind of behind the scene work, 
Jeremy Bourne mentioned that you do a lot of work just helping out the team. Uh, could you kind of give the audience what that entails? Oh, well, thanks a lot to Jeremy for the shout out. Shout out. Um, I, I kind of trying to be active in this community. Uh, what I was, what I meant by that is, uh, we often compare uh, NFT investments with like uh, stock investments, right, and other types of investments. But I look at uh, my the NFT projects. I mean, uh, a bit differently because for let's say when you invest in stock uh, of uh, a huge corporation or bank or an oil company, you don't really have an opportunity to somehow make this company better because you're one of like a thousand, hundred thousand of people here. And with the NFT projects, while we have not that many people involved, there is really an opportunity to, for people to help the project grow with their activity on Twitter, with uh, them helping the others, and with them just showing that they are uh, having strong hands and not willing to sell uh, those NFTs from this project they are involved in. So what, what, I'm, what I'm actually doing for the community is uh, nothing, nothing secret. It's I'm helping people uh, with uh, Bowler's trades. You know that Bowler's are not yet tradable, but when people would like to trade Bowler for Bowler, uh, they ask me and I help them. Um, I kind of help educate people about bowlers, those newcomers who are willing to buy. I'm sending them all those uh, uh, raving links and uh, bowlers info links so they could take a deeper look on which bowlers uh, to buy before they do. I also help people finding the good offers on raving. And uh, I'm just also trying to be you know, uh, polite, honest, and uh, active. And I think it's uh, the components which you need to, to help the project. Because one thing I don't like is when people are actually spreading FUD about uh, the project on uh, Twitter. I mean, it's like in the, uh, I, spent, I spent 20 years in sports uh, and uh, it's like in a basketball game, let's say. When you hit, hit the court, when the other's watching, uh, you shall be uh, with your team, you shall help your team. But uh, when you go to the locker room, let's say, you could scream and shout at your teammates because uh, they play badly and stuff like that. I mean, I sometimes don't understand it when the people are fighting the project in open spaces and in Twitter, but that's, that, 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 that's probably um, just, just my choice not, <laughs> not to do this. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I've addressed this a few different times. Um you know, especially on this podcast that I think there's certainly an opportunity for everybody to affect it in their own way, whether it be developing content or supporting others uh, behind you, in front of you, beside you, whatever it may be, um, you know, being a, a positive contributor to the community is going to help to grow it regardless of um, what you do. So it it is an opportunity for someone to start their own thing, you know, you know, make their own niche. Uh, and, and Justin, you've certainly done that. So uh, you are a huge, huge role model. Uh, whether you know it or not, you're a role model for other people, um, including myself, and I'm sure for Alex as well. And uh, we appreciate you and you're not you're the MVP for a reason. I'll tell you that. Thanks a lot. And just to add one point to this, um, I'll give an example of uh you know we have how many uh unique holders we have at the moment like 3.8 thousand something right and uh let's imagine that about 3.7 are like unique people because i could not i could not believe that more than 100 people are splitting their collection between different wallets we're not at, at the board board ape apes level so we do not need to like uh, split them between wallets so there are like 3.7 thousand unique holders if we imagine that every holder is making one good tweet about the project they're invested in just once a year just one time in 12 months we'll have 10 
good tweets about the project daily. I know it's kind of fantasy because we know that 100% uh, of people will never like post anything because many people are uh, just invested and do not get involved into Discord or Twitter. But you could see that Bowler's community is quite different from the other NFT communities we see in this space. I think it happened also mainly because those Bowler's holders, they came from Topshot mainly. Uh, they came from the Flow ecosystem. And for many of them, Bowler's, was, uh, Bowler's collection was the first uh, PFP collection they had. And I love that for many Bowler's remains the key collection they are holding. And if those people uh, could be more active on Twitter and on Discord, uh, that would be a huge boost for the project uh, overall. I mean, I saw the one community question about how, how one could help the community. Uh, that's that's that, that simple. Just tell, tell the people you know about uh, the project. If you like the project, it's not like bringing in people into something bad. Absolutely not, because uh, let people make, make, make their own decision. But if you like the project, you can tell the reason why, why you like it and the, like, the person could make um, his or her own decision, right? That's correct. Yeah, I think that's a that's a good point as well. Um, you know, certainly spreading the word in general uh, is just so huge to the project. I think there's a lot of different levels to this, and for me, the most important one is going to be the community rallying. Uh, the second most important is going to be what the token will eventually be worth in the future, and what it will uh, represent. Okay, so if it's ownership of a, a seat or ownership of a, you know, part ownership of a store or a, you know, part ownership of a, a brand that eventually is built, something that that token actually represents will be the biggest piece of how ballers will increase in value. Um, until then, certainly the, the community will be the biggest driver of uh, organic growth and, and non-organic non growth for that matter. So um, those are the two things for me. Yeah, I just want to make a point as well. Community driven is the biggest kind of differentiation between Web3 and Web2. Uh, so much of our actions and just overall noise making on Twitter or Discord attracts more attention and the more attention we get, the bigger the project gets. And ultimately, it's what exposure kind of will, you know, send this to the moon, quote unquote. When you think about it in, in our regular days, so much of our actions is driven by reviews, Amazon review, Yelp review, Google review, and people read them. People see them, see them and actually take your take notice of what you say on Twitter uh, or if on these website and they follow it and then they judge you on, I'm not judging you, but oh, if this guy is correct, they say, oh, this guy plus one or this, uh, this recommendation made my day or is totally correct. You guys should try this store, restaurant, whatever. But just linking it back to Web3, the more community-driven initiatives we do, the bigger the project gets and more eyes on it. And ultimately we will, you know, succeed instead of, uh, I don't want to have this project shut down, you know, when there's so many things on the internal roadmap and looking forward to next year or two or even 10. That's, that's an incredible point though, Alex. I really do think so because I personally, as a consumer, am influenced significantly by reviews, right? I mean, I, I go on and want to see the best restaurants in a uh, 15, 20 mile radius. And, and so I want to take my wife and my kid and my family there uh, for a nice meal, whether it be a lunch or a, you know, a dinner or something like that. And it's influenced by reviews, right? You look it up and you're like, all right, this place looks good. And then the people that have went there and given reviews and taken their own time, uh, you know, to write something down about it. They did it for a reason and, um, you know, it influenced consumers like myself. So same thing for here, same thing for ballers, same thing for the brand. Our next question 
to you, uh, Justin, is how do you think the Baller Project will look in a year? Yeah, this is this is a good one. Um, in a year time, you mean March 2023, right? Uh, okay, I look at Baller's project in a year time as uh, a kind of uh, Baller's metaverse with the uh, people involved in the project uh, split into three categories of owners, managers, and fans. Because Bowler's project is limited to only 10,000 uh, players and only 10,000 people max could be the owners. And not everyone could afford a bowler, but people could afford to be a fan and have fun with bowlers, like watch games, make bets, and stuff like that. And those games could be broadcasted on different platforms. There could be different leagues created. Um, by that time, there is a local currency let's uh, maybe call it ball so people could use balls to buy sneakers and stuff uh stuff like maybe mj's secret stuff from space jam you know those drinks which could boost uh, the powers of your bowler uh they could also buy in real life stuff like nba tickets league pass access merch uh, stuff like that and those balls i mean those tokens are distributed based on Bowlers perform performance in different leagues, and bowlers are being traded, uh, switching uh, owners, switching teams, uh, and some of the biggest trades are becoming some of the biggest news in the NFT space. And uh, there, there might be various branded bowlers teams like uh, Nike team, bike team, with a kind of a Premier League style uh, leagues. If this this will be created. Um, and you know those uh, as when I mentioned the owners and managers, what I meant is uh, there are some people who were lucky to buy bowlers for as low as uh, six hundred back in March two thousand twenty-two, and uh, those people could hold their bowlers and they could kind of lend them to the people who could actually who are willing actually to spend time. Uh, managing their bowlers' games and helping their bowlers to win titles and to win those tokens during the play, playing in, in various leagues. As you know, some, some owners are not willing to get deeper into this, so they would be happy to just lend bowlers to someone uh, to like to stack them and to get something out of it and just watching their bowlers uh, play. And uh, maybe the key question in this regards is, um, are we getting there? Kinda. And uh, to be honest with you, I don't know. I see that the NFT Genius team is working in a silent mode and we do not know much about what uh, they do. But from what I hear and from what I feel, I feel like they're doing pretty big things. And I see huge collapse incoming. I see huge potential. And that's actually what I feel. And probably you see this from Raven when you see that I keep, I keep buying. I have like 43 ballers and uh, not going to stop until the prices skyrocket. So I'm uh, not against those prices being uh, at the level they are at the moment because this allows me to uh, get more ballers. And, uh, you know, I think uh, I have a plan for even the kind of worst case scenario if uh, nothing is happening. I still think that bowlers uh, can make it no matter what. And I, uh, I'm absolutely sure uh, about some of the community members. And I think we'll be able to bring bowlers to the next level. And just to, to make a small, small, small point on what I just said, that uh, NFT Genius are doing like tremendous job. And when we hear uh, from people that uh, the team is kind of moving slow. Um, it's because we do not appreciate all the stuff which was done and we're taking it, it as some kind of a given, right? Uh, just imagine we have our own marketplace. Some people might say, well, uh, it's not, a, why would we even have this? We could trade ballers on like OpenSea or uh, looks rare. But Ballers is a project on Flow blockchain, not on Ethereum blockchain. One of the first projects, if not the first PFP project there, and what they did with uh, their own marketplace, and this marketplace is working, uh, this is a huge thing. 
and uh, how they did with sneakers, which is absolutely a separate topic, but uh, sneakers are amazing. I, uh, JB, I need some time to conceptualize what you just said as far as the uh, owners, <laughs> fans type thing. Uh, so I'll, I'll, I'll take some time to, to reflect on that and figure out what I need to do to position myself personally um, into a stronger owner's uh, perspective. I mean, certainly I'm there, obviously, in a, in a whale status, but uh, quote-unquote whale status, but um, you, know, you make me think a lot more about uh, the eventual. And, um, you know, but, but a, a small point to sort of some of the middle points that you've made, we're in the foundation phase. I mean, there's, there's no way around it. Uh, we are in the foundational phase. So we're, you know, in, in the words of uh, building a house, we are laying the concrete, right? We're, we're, we're digging the hole uh, and laying the concrete so that we can start to build the house. The house, the materials for the house haven't even been bought yet, right? So that foundation is, is being built and set. Um, and then we can only hope that through that foundational phase, community becomes stronger and stronger and stronger. Um, and then, um, you know, NFT Genius starts to build the house into this uh, beautiful mansion, right? I mean, that's, that's basically where I think we are. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree here. And uh, for people who think that we're not moving in the right direction or we're moving slowly, those people are usually comparing uh, bowlers with uh, one or two or three uh, PFP projects, which just skyrocketed for some reason, right? And we never talk and we do not talk enough about those 99.5% of projects which basically failed. And what we have here is the project which is uh, here for six months, right? Or about six months, maybe five. And we have the community of people which is getting stronger and stronger. And just to give you uh, some alpha, because we are for alpha here, right? Ooh, yes, um, we are. Uh, We're recording this on Saturday. And on Sunday, tomorrow, uh, I'll post a tweet uh, about something what I was doing for the last week or maybe like 10 days. Um, maybe people will hear this podcast uh, when they already seen the tweet, but I'll just tell for those uh, who could be listening to this before. So in terms of bowlers holders, we know that we know about like 100 or two, 200 people who own, who hold bowlers. And uh, I personally have a privilege to be um, in a group of people called Squanchland. Um, it's a quite, quite a unique NFT collectors group, which consists of less than 150 people. Uh, it's super selective. It's founded by Wade. You know him by uh, owning number one combo and skilled bowler who he bought for 100,000, making it the biggest purchase in bowlers, bowlers history uh, so far. And um, as a part of this group, I approached Waze and asked uh, whether we should create a Squanchland team to join the UBL tournament. Uh, Waze approved the idea and I started to dig out how many UBL member, how many Squanchland members have bowlers. And Tomorrow, we are submitting not one, not two, not three, four teams into the UBL from Squanchland. There are so many holders uh, who, from there, who hold bowlers. This is amazing. These are people like Dingling, CryptoPuppy, Swiki, Plungefather, Peter Fang, Ryan Sterling, like uh, LG Doucette, El Dumbo, and many others. And I'm really proud for our teams to be submitted. And I think this will bring more attention to the project. Uh, this will bring more fun to those people holding their, their bowlers. And I hope uh, many, many others who hold bowlers will uh, find it fun and will try to create their own teams to compete in the Premier I love that, Alpha. Thank you, JB. Um... First, the MP, MP camp is incredibly jealous. Um, 
that these teams are are getting uh, put together from Squanch land because, you know, it's always and will always be the best ballers possible, right? I mean, we're, we're going up against Dingling here, uh, Wade's Dingling. And then we're also going against Dingling himself. Uh, so, you know, the competitive side in me says that my team is, is coming up and we will compete fiercely, right, with all of the Squanchland folks and uh, welcome the competition, certainly. So excited to uh, interact in the near future uh, regarding UBL. Uh, but also, let me drop some, uh, some alpha myself here. Uh, JB, you and I will be putting together a TOB, Tongue Out Baller Team specifically, that will be submitted at the deadline. And you will be competing if you're in the premier uh, league against Tongue Out Ballers. Okay, so good luck, everyone. Um, there will be a team put together. JB, you ready for that? Absolutely. Tongue Out will be there and will play. Uh, one thing, we need to find those four other bowlers to be added to the six Tongue Outs because Tongue Outs, not all of them, especially mine, is quite a weak in terms of skills. And just to add here on Squanchland team, you know, uh, you mentioned that we have all the best bowlers. And in fact, what we have is many of uh, the group members, they have their bowlers minted of one bowler or two bowlers. And those bowlers are diff very different in terms of skills. Some of them are like in uh, uh, 78, 79s. And I decided uh, to submit uh, them all, meaning that we had 30 people willing to join. And uh, we submitted bowlers from at least one bowler from all those 30 people. So it's not like we picked 10 best bowlers owned by three or four people. We submitted bowlers from 30 people there. And that's why we have those uh, 40. Very cool. Um, I might suggest in the near future here, Justin, that we could put together like a, a watch party with the Squanchland folks, uh, perhaps in playoff time uh, or, or championship time, whatever it may be, uh, you know, during UBL, uh, you know, get some interaction in the near future. But uh, until then, uh, thank you for putting this together. Um, Alex, any thoughts of that? Yeah. Wow. That is huge news. Four whole 40 ballers coming in hot from the squanch land. Oh my, you guys, I think you guys put a big, big target as well as big notice. I'm looking forward to see you in the UBL and just know I def uh, my teams are going to come after you guys. We're, we're going to make sure we put you in your place. <laughs> no, just kidding. Just competitive <laughs> talks. But um. Are my, I mean, I guess I can't go without telling people alpha as well after two people already said alphas. Some alphas for you guys, listener, who are joining UBL, um, there is a math formula that um, Blood Royal kind of figure out uh, during the last past week. So he did mention that defense and playmaking are the two traits that are more heavily favored in the simulation as well as defense IQ and offense IQ are the most impactful score. And lastly, for physical trait, uh, height and speed is what uh, matter more than the other traits in the simulations, in the UBL simulations, just to clarify. Thank you, Alex. That is very helpful. Very helpful. After, right. after, I, after I already submitted those bowlers. <laughs> just... just, just <laughs> Just spend another week. Just spend another week reorganizing it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you, you, you know, the process of organization was crazy because Squanchland together owns about maybe 200 bowlers, maybe a bit less. And uh, I was trying to pick in those, uh, matching the four teams, and it was quite a challenge. Uh, Blood helped me, helped me a lot. And uh, I think we have some, some competitive teams out there, but it was a challenge and I absolutely do not want to repeat this, <laughs> what I just did during those days. That's all the time we have. Do you have any final words or um, any mentions you want to give for the audience? 
Yeah. Any plugs, JB, anything that you do on, on the side or social media, anything you want people to connect uh, with you on? Um, maybe the last point I, I really want to address is um, the point about uh, people being, um, being kind of stressed uh, about the floor uh, failed from 2000 to 600 and to even like 500, right? Uh, I should say that if you look at other numbers, not just, a fl- not just floor, but the number of unique holders, which is a bit down as well, but uh, you could find out that the floor, while the floor is down 75% from 2000 to 500, the number of unique holders is only down like 5%, right? So it basically means that we have a lot and a lot of strong hands there in the community. And I should say that looking at the project, uh, at, at, at some other different projects, which have those um, small floors during some period of time, and then they skyrocket, I could easily see it happening with bowlers. And what I would like to highlight there is like, you know myself as someone who um, pays a lot of attention to bowlers community. And I do this because uh, at some point when I owned uh, NFTs from about 10 or 20 projects, uh, I just figured out that um, first, I'm not attached to almost all of this. And second, I just cannot spend time on uh, any of this. And uh, you have to be someone like Gary V to have an opportunity to just bring one tweet and help the project to skyrocket. I don't have this privilege. So I just decided to go all in with ballers. And I should say that I've sold or traded most of the uh, NFTs I had, except for maybe NBA Top Shot, because it's uh, uh, the project which brought me into the NFT space. So I'm, I'm all in into ballers. It's not a financial advice, but I should say that I'm quite certain that we'll put it on a level uh, which it deserves. And I'm sure that we'll hear a lot of great news from the NFTG team in the near future. Again, not uh, meaning that I know anything, but the feeling I have is quite strong on this. All right, people, take notice. JB, the MVP has spoken, all right? Uh, And when he does, you better listen, especially if it's regarding ballers. So JB, I do want to thank you for your time. Um, Really a a pleasure getting to know you a little bit bit more personally and then also uh, learning about your mindset. So thanks for spending time with me. Thanks a lot, MP. Thanks a lot, Alex. And thanks a lot for them who... Mm -hmm who listened it uh, up until the end. That wraps up episode nine. Thank you so much for listening and a special thank you to Justin Brown. And it's always amazing to hear from someone who's been a strong proponent of this project since day one. Please send any questions, comments, or donation on Twitter at BallerLockerRoomR1. And see you guys next week.